0: Alright, this is Hindsight 2020, this one post-NFL week 7, and gonna be talking about some games today that did not make our contest picks. Now, what were our contest picks? Well, how would you know? Because once again, I forgot to post them on Facebook. Uh Yeah, that's my bad. It's almost as bad as some of the picks that I made this weekend, but three and two in the contest. That is our sixth winning week out of seven this year. We're 21 and 14 on the season. So doing very well right at that 60% clip mark. It is a good position to be in going to be happy with that, Uh, but Once again, fairly easy to find the misses. And, you know, this one irritates me. Chain of custody. We go Ravens, Browns. And it's not so much that game that bothers me. It's the game we didn't play. Because Mike simplified this as easy as you could. We had been on New England. Two weeks in a row, they dominate, shut out the Lions, own the Browns. Look-ahead line against the Bears was six, had bumped up to eight, eight and a half. Mike simply said, this is the week we fade the Patriots. And he was right now. To be fair, I liked the Patriots. I bet on the Patriots in the game early in the week at minus eight. But I liked the Patriots with Zappy. As soon as they announced that Mac Jones was going to start, or at least leaned that way with the info, it was enough to make the game a pass. I even said to Mike in terms of the contests, hey, I'm off this New England game, but I can't be talked into Chicago. Why? Because I liked the Patriots. So even though I'm not as confident in my pick now with Mac Jones being the starter. I certainly just can't go with the other side, but the other side made a lot of sense. Chicago runs the ball well. Uh Iberflus had extra time to prepare for this game. And, you know, I said the motivation for New England, Belichick, one more win, has the second all-time most wins of any coach breaking Chicago Bears' George Halas' record. Now, that's motivation for the Bears. The idea that they were going to come in here and lay an egg was really not highly probable. And I got fooled by seeing New England a field goal machine, blow out teams by margin the past couple weeks. Well, they had no field goal attempts in this game. It it was one of the rare instances. I've seen New England lose. I've seen New England get blown out before. Where Belichick just didn't seem to have the answers to Chicago's game plans. There was no stopping the run. 45 rush attempts for the Bears. There was no stopping Fields. I don't know if they were spying him or not, but if they were spying, they were just watching him run loose on him. Fields hitting big throws to his receiver, to his tight end, Chicago getting points on the board, creating and causing turnovers. And the second that the Patriots sort of gave in to their fans, benching Mac Jones and bringing in Zappy. The long-term effects you could have on Mac Jones and his confidence level, that was a really big decision there that does not didn't seem smart in the, in the short term and certainly doesn't seem to be beneficial in the long term. I just got caught up. We've played a couple Patriots games this year where I said, despite what my number says, my gut says this, This was old school handicapping. You take the ugly dog, you take the team that looked bad on TV, Chicago, yet actually outperformed Washington in the stats. You go against a team that's a little bit inflated, the public team on a Monday night, and you go the other way. It's sharp handicapping, 101. I just was disinterested in it. And... I've been listening to a lot of Rick Rubin get interviewed lately. And one of the things Rubin talks about is he talked about collaborating with artists. And the point that I took away is he talked about collaboration not being getting what you want over the person you're working with but actually coming together and find what works best. That's the whole point of collaboration. I need to do a better job of not lobbying my picks, my likes into the contest. I've got a contest entry of my own. It's doing poorly. I can have any game that I want in that contest. This needs to be about listening for the right answers, the right ideas. I was so close-minded to Chicago that even when Mike gave probably one of his better handicaps of the whole weekend, I just didn't want to listen. I didn't want to be open-minded enough to have a great pick, a winning pick. Instead, we go through Baltimore. Now I know I spent 6 minutes on a game that wasn't even in our contest, but I think that's the hindsight I really want to walk with this week. But, I do want to own up to the other games. We take Baltimore minus 6.5 and and here's the deal. Baltimore, 10 point lead going into the 4th quarter, but can't close out against anyone. We knew this going in and we bet Baltimore. Why don't we want Cleveland? Because Cleveland tanks at the end of 4th quarters too. Problem is, Cleveland tanks and loses games that are really close. So if you have one team that can't cover against anyone, and another team that loses but loses every game close, in a division game plus 6.5, there's only one side to take there. Should have been Cleveland. We missed that one. Look, Jets was all about market. This game opened at plus 3. I grabbed it. The Russell Wilson news eventually moves this line to Jets minus one and a half. This is one of those market plays where the format of our contest allows you to lock in numbers early in the week. We had a great lock, a great situation, and I could tell it was the fan in Mike that was scared to get behind the Jets. The handicapper never had a doubt. I give myself credit in that case for reading between the lines, and I just told Mike straight up on Sunday, I'm not going to give you a chance to talk yourself out of this. I want the Jets, I'm diving in the foxhole, you're coming with me, and at that point he was more than enthused, we had the Jets, we got that one right, here, here for our market correction pick. Ugly Betty. Well, what do you know? We got another Ugly Betty, right? Washington plus four and a half against the Packers. We've seen Heineke play over the years. We thought he might be an upgrade, at least a spark. Something is fundamentally broken with Green Bay right now. I think now the market is catching up to teams like them. But last week, we were getting value on Washington. Had it at four and a half. Never really moved much after that, but this is yet another example, a game that was off of my radar cash-wise, but as soon as Mike mentioned it as the Ugly Betty on Thursday, it just made sense. It jumped off the page, it fit the category. With Ugly Betty, sometimes that's all you have to do, is recognize who's a qualifier, plug your nose, and place the pick. Seattle Seahawks, I mean, this look, one of the things I love about betting and the great edge you can grab, people just refuse to believe certain things. They refuse to believe, as much as your eyeballs tell you Brandon Staley is not even an average coach, he's below average. Because the math nerds, because the analytics crews with their slide rules and their abacus and their spreadsheets say, well, technically he's making the right decision when he doesn't bring no. He sucks. He makes bad decisions every game. And if you can just get yourself out of calculus class for a minute, you can see that it's not conducive to good football. You know what is conducive to good football? Future Hall of Famers like Pete Carroll running the rock, making a game plan that shows the best parts of Geno Smith. It's funny, you know, people are still making excuses for Staley, yet they still hate Hall of Fame Pete Carroll because he didn't hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch five years ago in the Super Bowl. This was just a case that when I looked at my power rankings, I look at every team 1 through 32, and I look for teams that are mispriced, that I have mispriced, I had the Chargers overrated. I knew it. I knew the Chargers just weren't as good as my numbers said, yet my numbers still showed value when this line was at six and a half. When I know I'm wrong, but still my numbers support my pick, it lets me know that I'm not just way off out, in the, out to the moon with the Chargers. I'm just making the same mistake so many people are. It's seeing the roster. It's seeing the names. It's having too much faith in the young quarterback Herbert and just not being willing to let go of the potential. Meanwhile, a team like Seattle that was guaranteed to be a dumpster fire People just refuse to believe that this could be a good football team. And who knows, maybe Geno will turn back into a pumpkin at some point. But when I checked my watch on Sunday, it was yet to be midnight. Place the bet on the Seahawks, put him in our contest, another winner with Seattle. Last pick we had this week, we had the Houston Texans And boy, Mike kind of handicapped this game right. Thought the Raiders would be productive. Thought they would run the ball, but thought Houston would hang in there tough. They were up 10-7 going into the fourth quarter. Raiders score two touchdowns. They're up by 14 points. We got our boy Davis Mills with the ball. And hey, when you've got a quarterback that you count on for backdoor covers, every once in a while he's going to punch you in the stomach and throw a pick six. That's what happened here. We sort of predicted it would be a tough game like this. My only question to Mike is, when your handicap is, I think this team can get a backdoor cover. I find it hard to believe that that's the best pick you had all weekend. And I don't want to hear any more of this Thursday stuff. That was the pick on Thursday. It was still the pick on Sunday. Again, I thought Houston looked good. That looked like a good bet three quarters in, going into the fourth quarter. But if you've got a quarterback that's going to take you on those heart attack rides, it might be the right pick. But sometimes I feel there's better picks, at least, that can stand as your best pick. We're going to get it right, though, next week. We're going to keep this rolling, and you can bet on it.